They're either opening up their jacket pocket and they're saying, hey, let me show you all the amazing goods that we have. They're like that sketchy guy on a street corner selling watches out of his jacket. Welcome to Data-Driven Selling by the Sales Insights Lab, the podcast that helps reps and business owners generate more meetings and close more sales at higher prices. Do you ever find yourself in a selling situation where you thought things were going well and then suddenly the prospect kind of disappeared or it didn't go the way you expected? Chances are that was as a result of missing a fundamental step in your sales approach. And so, so often people ask me, you know, how do I deal with a prospect who does this? Or how do I overcome this type of an objection? But the reality is that those scenario type situations aren't as important as understanding the basics, the foundation of what makes a successful selling interaction. That's what separates top performers from everyone else, is not how they're necessarily handling those outlier scenarios, but are they using the basics of sales? So I'm going to show you nine basics of sales that everyone must know. Check it out. Number one, Trial and error is not a strategy. It's crazy when we actually think about the sales industry as an industry. If you compare sales to any other profession, like law or dentistry or accounting, there are all these governing bodies that regulate who gets to do that job. Yet when it comes to sales, all we need in order to become a salesperson is a job or something to sell. And then suddenly we're in sales. And so what ultimately happens is because so many of us miss out on that foundational training that other professions have, we start to learn sales simply by trial and error. So many of us got our first sales job and we were just given a phone or we were just given a list of prospects to go knock on their doors and maybe follow some kind of a framework. But in a lot of cases, it's very trial and error based in terms of how we were learning sales. But that doesn't work. We don't want to be using trial and error as our fundamental strategy. That is never going to get you to where you want to go. And that is why we want to think in terms of having a process. Number two, have a process. I've already set up the importance of why we can't use trial and error. But now we have to understand why is having a process so important in the first place? Having a sales process is just as important as a CPA understanding how to balance a balance sheet. We need to have a sales process that we can follow that we know works. And so that way, when we use the process the same way every single time, when things don't go as expected, now we have some way to diagnose what might have gone wrong. All the hordes of salespeople who are trying to learn sales through trial and error are never actually getting useful feedback on what's working and what's not working. And so as a result, they never really improve. And so you see tons of salespeople who either get weeded out in sales or never make it as a result of simply just never having the process. It wasn't because people didn't like them or it wasn't because they weren't potentially good enough to be effective in sales. It was simply because they didn't have that process. So have a process that you can follow, a step-by-step process that will take you through each part of the sales phase. Number three, bring insight to the table. 
Now this is the first part of your process. This is the first part of our Sales Insights methodology, is you need to bring insight to the table, to your prospects. Now, so many prospects are showing up at prospect doors with one of two approaches. They're either opening up their jacket pocket and they're saying, hey, let me show you all the amazing goods that we have. They're like that sketchy guy on a street corner selling watches out of his jacket. That is really old school and doesn't work. So if you're doing that, You've got to stop that. But there's the whole other group of people who are trying to engage prospects in conversations using more updated approaches, but equally ineffective where they're saying something like, I'd love to learn more about your business, or I'd love to learn more about how you're using XYZ. And the prospect is thinking, why would I want to teach you and show you and get you up to speed on how I'm using something with the hope that maybe you're then going to help sell me something. That's not an effective approach. You need to engage your prospects with insight by demonstrating that you know what the hell you're talking about and you do that by giving them information that maybe provoked them or something that they hadn't thought of before. That's how you bring something to the table that really gets them to say, hmm, I'd want to have a conversation with this person. Number four, disqualify prospects. Now this may feel counter for those of you who haven't followed a lot of my content before, but disqualifying prospects is probably the opposite of what you've heard, right? Maybe you've been taught to qualify prospects or you need to convince or persuade prospects. But the reality is, is that your prospects don't need you to convince them or persuade them and they don't even want you to really qualify them. What you really want to be doing is determining whether a prospect is a fit. That's it. And if they're not a fit, that's cool. You want to disqualify people that aren't a fit and you want to move on. And by having a disqualification mindset, it's going to allow you to focus your energy on the people that are fit. Let's say you meet with 50 people over the course of the next couple of weeks. 25% of those people were never going to buy from you and that's okay. But what you want to do is have a process in place that allows you to move on from them where you have a systematic set of questions that you can ask to determine that, you know what, these people don't really make sense for my time and energy. The 50% who are left over the other 50% are people you want to spend your time with. And so those are people, once you've proven that they're actually qualified, now you're going to present your solutions. You're going to actually demonstrate how you can solve their problems. Number five, solve, don't present. So even I used the term present just a second ago because I hadn't set this up yet. But what we don't want to be doing is pitching. We don't want to be psyched and excited to just give some presentation where we give features and benefits. That's some really old school stuff. Instead, what we want to do is simply demonstrate that we can solve our prospects' challenges. And so when we take them through that disqualification process, we're going to have asked them a lot of questions about what's going on, where we can really understand their key challenges. And so that way, we all ultimately only present to those challenges. We're presenting the solutions to those challenges, not the features and the benefits. They don't care about your features and benefits. What they care about is, can this person actually solve my problems? Number six, BNSO. Now you're probably thinking, what the hell does NSO stand for? NSO stands for Next Step Obsessed. 
You want to be obsessed with next steps in your sales process. One of the biggest reasons that sales fall apart is simply a result of the salesperson not scheduling a clear next step. Now, you may have a prospect that genuinely wants what you have, but things happen in life and we get busy and maybe they were on the fence and they were kind of not 100% sure and they say something like, you know what, why don't you follow up with me sometime next week? And most salespeople say, sure, I'll follow up with you. How about Wednesday? And they're like, sure, try me on Wednesday. And then you try them on Wednesday and what happens? They're not there. We need to be next step obsessed, which means that we're always scheduling next steps in the current situation that we're in. So if you're in a selling situation where you're face to face with the prospect or you're on a Zoom and you're at the end of the meeting and it seems like it's gone well, what you want to be doing is scheduling that next meeting in this current meeting. Always. You never let a prospect out of your sight without either them telling you, no, this is not a fit or let's schedule a next step. And of course, schedule the next step could be a sale. That's fine too. But always have a next step in place and be obsessive about scheduling next steps. Number seven, use a prospecting blueprint. This is so key in terms of sales basics because when I was learning to first prospect and generate my own leads, I was just banging on the phones old school style, just making cold calls. And the reality was is that was really, really hard. And in most cases, it was pretty ineffective. Most of my best sales came as a result of inbound leads, a solid introduction, or maybe a cold email, or maybe some combination of those. But just the pure cold call is hard work and it's pretty low yield. I did get some really good sales as a result of cold calling, of course, but there's no need for you to go through that whole process. Instead, what you want to do is use a prospecting blueprint that mixes all of your tools together. And so that way you're taking a prospect through the entire prospecting process by sending them an email and then following up on the email with a call and then leaving a voicemail and then sending another email and then maybe sending them a package and then leaving them a LinkedIn connection request and then making another call and then sending it, you know, I'm making this up. But that's what your prospecting blueprint wants to look like is that it should be a whole process that you take every prospect through so you know exactly what's going to be the next step in the process if they don't respond to you or if they don't answer. This way, by time you ultimately get them on the phone or you send them that fifth email, they're like, oh man, yeah, this person left me a message, they tried me a couple of times, they sent me a LinkedIn request, they sent me a letter, and now they're like, okay, yeah, this actually sounds like something that makes sense, now I'll respond. Remember, it can take more than 20 touches of a prospect before they're going to respond. That's why we need that blueprint in place. Number eight, think like a top performer. Now, I have had the very fortunate experience to both myself be a top sales performer, but more importantly is that I have been able to work with thousands of top performing salespeople over the past 20 years. And as a result, I've been able to see what top performers do and what they think. What's amazing is that the biggest difference between top performers and average performers isn't usually very tactical. It's actually so much more about mindsets. It's how they think. And so what we want to do is challenge ourselves to start to think like a top performer. If you currently are not a top performer, and maybe you are, that's great. But if you're not, what you want to start to do is challenge yourself to start to 
think like a top performer because that is going to eventually lead to you truly becoming a top performer. Top performers, they call high up in the organization. Top performers are waking up early and they are immediately getting into their sales activity. Top performers aren't afraid of getting that no. Starting to think, just think the way a top performer thinks is so important in eventually becoming a top performer. This is an important distinction that is not really about tactics and strategy, but is simply about the way you think like a winner and ultimately you become like the way you think. Number nine, have a sales mentor. Maybe you already have a sales mentor. That's awesome. But if you don't, you must have a sales mentor. If you are just trying to figure this whole thing out on your own, it's going to be a very long and arduous process. And there's a good chance that you don't make it out on the other end of that tunnel. Having a sales mentor who can guide you, who can take you through that process is so important. Make sure that you commit to having someone who is where you want to be, who has done what you want to do and can really guide you through that process. Now at the end of this video, at the end of this training video, I'll actually give you an opportunity to register for a more in-depth training where you can learn more about how even I might be able to mentor you. But either way, I want you to commit to having a sales mentor, someone who can really guide you, coach you, push you and hold you accountable. So there are the nine basics of sales that everyone must know. Thanks for listening. Want more tactical advice on selling? Register for our free video training on the five-step formula to closing more deals without price pushback, think it overs, or ghosting. Simply visit closing.training to get instant access. That's closing.training to get instant access.